This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to the program. Jules in the chair for Matty White this Friday and across the course of the summer. People are getting in early with their Christmas song nominations. You mentioned it in passing, all of a sudden get flooded. Flooded with suggestions. Look, the week before Christmas, we might play we might play a couple more. A couple more. Well, a couple more. We haven't played any yet. We might play some. So by all means, get them in. Tommy's gonna he's got the spreadsheet open. He's happy to collate those for you. Yeah, just before we get to Christy Doran, rugby union editor at the Raw, I said who made their test debut alongside Ricky Ponting against Sri Lanka, Perth, 1995, where Punter got that horrible decision, LBW, Vulture, Minavas. That was clearing the top of the stumps by about a foot, and then some. It was Stuart Law, the Queenslander. So Stewie got picked when Steve Waugh had injured himself. 54 and out, so technically technically you could say Stuart Law doesn't have a test batting average. One test wonder, Stewie Law. In this day and age, he would have played a hell of a lot more. Without question. So yes, well done to Martin, well done to Mark, and to David. All got that right, it was indeed. Stuart Law, 0457 736 736, and Troy as well. We did mention at the top of the program and the news, in fact, that Matty mentioned yesterday about a bit of a coup. Mark Nawangana Tawasi signing a two-year deal with the Roosters for seasons 2025 and 2026. It's been covered by Christy Doran from the Raw. He's always very generous with his time. He's on the line right now. Morning, Christy. Yeah, morning. Good to join you, Jules. Uh, likewise. Look, it's interesting, isn't it? I made the point. I said rugby types, and I've seen reaction to your article and, and some of the forums and various other places and we'll say, look, yeah, he's a good player, but we're flush with outside backs. His defence is questionable. No big loss. I think that what's got to hurt them, and I think to a degree, Christy, has to be a body blow, is the fact that he's taking less money to go mix it with the Mungos. <laughs> look, I think it is a it is a blow in the schemes of things. This guy is probably the, one of the most exciting players that's emerged in Australian rugby the last few years. And, you know, he's got big, scruffy, curly hair. He's got an amazing offload. He's very good in the air. Uh, and he's a try scorer. And, and we've seen in the last 14 months when he debuted against Italy, I was there when he had a great performance against Ireland, scored a double against Wales and Cardiff. And he's been one of the, the few shining lights over the last 14 months. And, and that's probably the bit of the blow. Yeah, he's not the, the the complete package at the moment, but he's got an X factor, and he's a, he's a kid that people can get excited about. Young boys and young girls can get excited about. That being said, you're right. You made a great point. You know, we do have a lot of outside backs, and let's be honest, in rugby union, games are typically one up front. Uh, and so that's the reality we've got to get our head around. Um, in many ways, it makes uh, keeping... Max Jorgensen, much easier because the Waratahs would have struggled to be able to keep both uh, Jorgensen, Swali and Mark Nwanganiduasi in the same mm. back line. It would have been great if it was the case, but I would imagine that Rugby Australia will now be making Max Jorgensen priority number one. 
I was going to ask about that because obviously he's got rugby league pedigree through his dad. You know, Tom Wright's maybe another one who played a little bit for the Manly Seagulls. Is there a broader concern about losing players to rugby league or is it a case of, well, you know, historically this has been the case, particularly in the amateur era, and we're not too fussed by it? Yeah, I think you're right. We've got to get our heads around the fact that there will be players targeted. I know that there's been probably half a dozen players that over the next few months there will be some inquiries about. Uh, yeah, we, we're going to still know a little bit more around rugby league and, and the NRL's decision perhaps have that extra salary cap money to be able to target rugby players. I think it's it's, it's whether or not the player wants to actually explore rugby league. And, mm. and Mark Nolanganitoasi absolutely did. He had offers in France, had offers in Japan. He could have gone for double the amount of money overseas. So he's made a very individual decision to try to test himself and what he perceives is the best version uh, of, of rugby perhaps in Australia at the moment. He's left the window open to come back in, in 27. Uh, fair play to him. You know, he's, he's going he's gonna to mix it. He's been one of the two best wingers in Australian rugby for the last 12 months. He's now going to probably drop right down the pecking order in, in rugby league, you imagine, but still 12 months in this game. And it'd be nice to... I imagine that Joseph Suwali, who will go on next year's end-of-season spring tour, presuming he's fit, he'll actually probably spend a month or two with Mark Nwanganuasi up north. Yeah, fair play indeed. I like the fact that he's resisting longer-term contracts. He said, no, I'll sign for a couple of years. I'll just I'll see how I go. Maybe I'll switch back and, and sort of back my ability. So I wonder if there are any in rugby circles that haven't shut the door on him potentially making a return for that 2027 World Cup. Yeah, well, the other thing there to consider is what does Rugby Australia end up doing with the Giddo Law, uh, with their overseas uh, selection policy eligibility uh, law? Do they tighten it up, which is my understanding they'll do? But, you know, that might just be the case ahead of the British and Irish Lions. But in three years' time, it, it could be a, a different ball game altogether. Um, clearly, the priority is going to be to try to win the World Cup or get as close to it as possible. Could he indeed go to France, go to Japan, and then that way he's still back in the rugby circles in Australia. Rugby Australia could potentially kick him from the outside of Super Rugby. Those sorts of permutations are still there, um, but he's definitely allowed himself that opportunity to come back to rugby, which I think is a good thing. He's 23. He he kind of felt like the window might close if he doesn't jump at it now, and, and clearly that's been the case. And Everyone that goes and learns under Trent Robertson generally comes out a better player, don't they? Mm. So uh, he's a guy, Robertson, who's worked with Michael Checker, knows Scott Robertson, the, the incoming All Blacks coach. So there's rugby pedigree in there as well. And, and I think that overall package is what sold it to Mark Nwanganiduasi. Yeah, indeed. Oh, actually, just on that, you mentioned there, obviously, a lot of backs tend to jump ship, and he's going to be the first current Wallaby to do so since since Matt Rogers. Um, I don't know if you saw this report about Highlanders back row, Hugh Renton potentially looking at the end of this current rugby, super rugby season, running out for the Dragons in the NRL. Have you heard much about that? And how much of a difficult transition is it going to be for a back rower? Well, I don't know about his uh, situation per se, but we do know that he, uh, uh, Renton, um, you know, Frizzell's and... His, his brother plays in the rugby league in, in state of origin. Um, so I, I dare say uh, Shannon Frizzell, who's just left to go to uh, up to Japan, uh, an All Blacks just played at the World Cup recently, his brother, of course, being in a rugby league player. So mm. he would probably have a bit of an idea, um, a former Dragons player, 
Uh, look, a back row and jumping ship, he'd be fine. He's got a good skill set. They play under the roof there down in Dunedin. A uh, handy player, but he's not someone that anyone in Australian rugby will be losing sleep about. <laughs> um, yeah, if yeah. anything, the Highlanders have a side that struggled for a number of years. And Jamie Joseph, the former Brave Blossoms coach, who's the Japanese coach, who's just finished up after eight years, his return to the Highlanders, uh, having guided them to their first Super Rugby title in 2015. So he's a guy that's actually going to be trying to get uh, their culture sorted because the Highlanders are much like Australian rugby have been playing chips for quite a while. Well, I said, you know, is it going to be a Scott Goulet or is it going to be a Garrick Morgan? I guess if he does come, <laughs> only time will tell. You mentioned there Japan, latest on Eddie, set to have a second interview to become the Japan rugby coach. A uh, little surprise there, Christy? Oh, not really. Um, you know, whether or not he's... Uh, it, it seems like it's him and Franz Ledecky, who's the former Bulls guided there, the South African side to two uh, Super Rugby titles, 2009-10. And he's just led Kubota, which is where Bernard Foley plays to the the Japanese League One tournament title there earlier in the year. Those two are the front runners, Eddie Jones. I I think Eddie Jones gets his job. It just seems like, if you've been reading the tea leaves for quite a while, (laughs) he may have had this job locked and loaded even a year ago. And it wouldn't actually surprise me. You know, there's a reason why Eddie Jones had a exit clause at the end of the first year uh, because if things weren't going well, he certainly had an opportunity, I think, to go join Japan. Uh, he was entitled to speak to the, the JRFU right the way throughout this this year. Every coach does it. Every player generally explores their options, sounds out what's going on. It just seems like he's going to be going back to Japan given his close ties with the current uh, Japanese president there. Yeah, after all the firm commitments to the Wallabies set up. Could be another Joseph the Stormers kind of scenario. Good to get your thoughts as always, Christy. We'll grab your wonderful work on theraw.com.au. Thanks very much, Sissels. There is Christy Doran, uh, outstanding writer. Uh, 0457 736 736. Yeah, go to theraw.com.au uh, for all your rugby chat. Remember, you don't just have to read the Herald or Fox Sports or the telly. The Raw, outstanding sports writing. It's not just, um, not just Christy, but a handful of other... Wonderful journalists. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. the open line number just before the break. Pedro, is by River a Christmas song? Kingy, says Pedro. What by? Chisel. Never thought of it as a Christmas song. You know what I'm going to do now, Pedro? I'm going to just quickly go through the lyrics. I'll go through the lyrics during the break, and I have an answer for you after the break.